This message was presented at the GYC 2015 conference called Chosen Faithful in Louisville, Kentucky. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Extreme Makeover Pathway to Health style. Um, we've been talking about Pathway to Health. Was anybody here for any of the, the morning meetings? Several people. Praise the Lord. Okay. Well, today's, uh, this afternoon's first topic is going to be called The New You. And uh, this is talking about Isaiah chapter 58 and specifically the changes that take place to the participant in uh, a Pathway to Health event. The volunteer themselves is impacted, and uh, so is the patient. And uh, those impacts, those changes that take place are talked about in Isaiah chapter 58, so we'll have a little Bible study. Uh, But I wanted to first just go over, has anyone uh, actually been to a Pathway to Health event? Several people. Several people have not. So let me just run through so you'll have a quick flavor of, of what in the world I'm talking about. Um, this is uh, outside of the Alamo Dome at Pathway San Antonio. You see that there are thousands of people lined up to get inside. How many of you have had thousands of people lined up to get into your church at home? How many of you would like to have thousands of people lined up to get into your church at home? Amen. Um, just like it says in uh, Ministry of Healing, that there were building, no buildings large enough in Palestine uh, to hold the crowds that throng to Christ. And so we want to have that kind of draw. So the people line up really early. They come uh, oftentimes the day before, some people that get in the front of the line uh, to come to get into the event. Um, this is what it looked like inside of Pathway uh, San Antonio. This is inside the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. And uh, the different portions of the clinic are divided up. You know, you might have dentistry or primary care, or surgery or eye care or uh, here's lifestyle counseling and so forth. And we run the people through in a particular order. And let's say they start at registration. So we need people to volunteer to help register people, um, help people stay in line in security department. And there's all kinds of different uh, ways that we can use people. But uh, we actually need about uh, two-thirds of non-medical people and one-third medical. And my wife has just so nicely reminded me that I should have started with prayer, even though we had prayer before we started. Um, let's pray again. Heavenly Father, we want our minds to be under the influence of your Holy Spirit as we learn about the most effective way to win souls, which is the medical ministry work. And so we want uh, clearness of thought, want your Holy Spirit to impress each person sitting in the audience so that they are thinking the thoughts that you want them to think. And I ask also that the words that come flying out of my mouth would be inspired by your Holy Spirit as well. Thank you for hearing our prayer uh, because we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So people come in, they get registered, uh, and then they go through triage. And while they're, even though they're waiting in line, they're listening to sacred music. Uh, you know, in the, in the scriptures, it says that, uh, that Elisha uh, needed some inspiration by the Holy Spirit. He called for, who did he call for? To bring the Holy Spirit to him so he could uh, think about something and to do a miracle and so forth. Anybody remember? No? Remember? What's that? <laughs> okay, um, he called for a minstrel to come and play for him, some sacred music, and then the Holy Spirit came on him, 
Look it up. Look up uh, Minstrel in your concordance. So we have sacred music all around the facility where, where a Pathway to Health event is taking place. Uh, a person may then be uh, escorted over to women's health. They may get a, a well woman exam or they might go see a primary care doctor uh, and take care of some issue or they might uh, go have a surgical procedure. We did uh, about 365 surgical procedures uh, in, in San Antonio in two and a half days. They might get an eye exam uh, for free glasses and uh, they pick up the free glasses at one of your local churches. So it uh, just connects the people to the churches. We'll talk more about that. They might go see the dentist, uh, have a cavity filled or get uh, some teeth cleaned or might get a root canal they could never afford or a crown or something like that. Everything is, of course, free. Uh, they might get a, see the tailor and get a free suit or other free clothing, uh, free haircut. Um, after they've finished all of their medical services, which might include massage or hydrotherapy or those kinds of things, uh, then they'll go through lifestyle counseling and uh, learn the eight laws of health and so on. And uh, then they'll go through chaplaincy services. I was going to throw some more slides in there, but I uh, didn't get a chance to. So, um, so when they get through an event like this, where they've been exposed to sacred music and they've been exposed to people that started off the day with prayer, that may have offered them prayer a few times during the event. Certainly when they get to chaplaincy services, there's literature available to them. Uh, in Pathway San Antonio, where just about 6,200 patients were treated for free, uh, the people voluntarily picked up 23,000 pieces of literature uh, as they came through the area, and they were very receptive uh, because of the impact that had, uh, that had been had on them. Um, but God promises that if we are doing this kind of ministry, that amazing things are going to take place. And we're uh, going to have a little Bible study on that in Isaiah 58 in just a second. But um, not only is the patient transformed by the influence of a bunch of Seventh-day Adventists who are all getting together to sacrifice of their time and their means to offer these services for free, uh, but the patients, the, 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 I should say the volunteers themselves are impacted. I'll read you a few examples of uh, the way some of the people were uh, impacted at some of these events. But, um, but the impact on the patient is only had if we take heed to this warning. Um, boy, that's, you might be able to read that. I'll read it to you just in case you can't. This is from Manuscript 46. I think it's also in Medical Ministry. I want to tell you that when the gospel ministers and the medical missionary workers are not united, there is placed on our churches the worst evil that can be placed there. In other words, to separate the medical ministry work from the gospel, the giving of the gospel, places the worst evil on the church. It's, it was, it's worse than if you hadn't done it, which is very strange. Um, but that's what it says there. So we can follow Christ, our example, to know how we should be conducting this kind of work. How should we be working for souls? Uh, notice this is in uh, Councils on Health. Our mission is the same as that of our master, of whom it is written that he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by Satan. Of his own work, he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. This is from Isaiah 61, and that was Luke chapter 4. And Isaiah 61, if you want an interesting parallel passage to the one we're going to study today, Isaiah 61, very similar to Isaiah 58. As we follow Christ's example of labor for the good of others, we shall awaken their interest in the God whom we love and serve. As they see 
the, the, the unselfish giving of the people that are taking care of them at a Pathway to Health event or a similar event, uh, they are drawn to know why are these people doing this? Why are they doing this for me? And who do they serve? And I'll talk about that in just a second. Um, this is some quotes, uh, actual quotes from some volunteers. Uh, this is a quote from a volunteer named Elsa. She volunteered at Pathway San Antonio. And uh, the background of well, this statement that she made here is, um, after, after Pathway San Antonio, God blessed tremendously in that event, um, we wanted to come to the general conference session to recruit volunteers for future events. Uh, we had another event in Spokane that uh, followed hard on the, uh, the, uh, the uh, general conference session in, in San Antonio. So we needed volunteers for that. We needed volunteers for Los Angeles, which is coming up in April. And uh, some of you may want to sign up for, to come and volunteer in Los Angeles in April, April 26 through 30. And, uh, and we can still use lots of volunteers for that. But um, we sent out an email to the volunteers, and we said, would anyone be willing to come to the GC session uh, this summer in July, this, of course this past July, uh, and volunteer to run the Pathway to Health booth so we can get more volunteers. And it was very overwhelming. We got lots of lots and lots of emails of people that were willing to pay their own way to fly or drive or otherwise get to San Antonio, put themselves up in a hotel for, for those days to come and staff the booth because they had been impacted so much that they wanted to recruit other people to come and do this kind of work. So, so she was staffing the, the booth, okay, and a lady came up and she said, um, I need to volunteer for a Pathway event. A lady from my church came to Pathway San Antonio and she was impacted so strongly that, that she was just glowing when she came back and telling all the reports of what God had done. And she said, I have to, I have to come and sign up and do one of these events. I have to see what, what happened there. And, and so this is when Elsa, who was volunteering at the booth, turned to me and said the following thing. She said, Pathway to Health changed my life. I've been to mission trips to Costa Rica, Panama, El Salvador, and other places, but coming to your best Pathway to Health taught me that every single person is valuable and should be treated with dignity. Praise God. This is what she said. And the reason that everyone is, is, you know, is treated with dignity is because the value of that person, when you're thinking about sharing the gospel with a the person, they're valued with the value of the life of Christ. So, anyway, she, she saw that. Um, this is a dentist who came. Uh, he's been to two events. And after his first event, this is a text that he sent to the, his friend that invited him to come. And he said, what a week. This was such a life-changing experience for me. I feel like I have a different direction in my life now. And uh, so that was the impact that it had on him. Another dentist, um, she said... Uh, is a female dentist. She said, I've been a dentist for 35 years and I've never prayed with a patient. I'm going home to make up for lost time. And so she went home because of the environment that's created at one of these events where not only is there sacred music playing, but I had a picture I was going to throw in uh, where all the primary care department all gathered around. They're all holding hands and all had their eyes closed. They're all having prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit's presence in, inviting God's angels to come in. And so prayer is, is not just offered to the patients themselves, but the volunteers are having prayer with one another and so forth. So it's just this kind of spirit of, of, of prayer and of just wanting to do the gospel work. And so this woman had, had caught that while she was there, and she said, I'm, I'm going to bring this to my clinic at home and to everywhere I go. Um, here's a Bible worker. Rodney says, uh, and he was an experienced Bible worker before he went to this event. He said, I was able to share Bible studies and prayer with scores of people and lead them to a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. 
this is a nutritionist. And uh, her story is this. She actually, if, if you were in San Antonio, she got up and gave her testimony. She's been doing uh, lifestyle counseling and, and, and nutritional counseling with people for years, and, uh, but without the gospel, without sharing the gospel. So impacting their, their health by how they're eating, but not leading them to Christ. And she said, I'm never going to do this again. And she said, please pray for me because I may lose my job over this, but I'm not, I'm not going to go back to what I've been doing before. I'm not going to separate these two things, the gospel from, from uh, leading people to, to live a healthier life. And she said, this is the best thing that I've ever done in my life. Um, so the question is, why? Why does this happen to them? And the prophet Isaiah described the changes that would take place to the volunteers when this type of work was carried out. And so that's why I wanted to study Isaiah 58 for you, with you. Um, now, Isaiah 58, who was Isaiah 58 written for? Right, primarily, you would think it was written for the people living in Isaiah's day, right? So he's addressing the people that are, you know, he's a prophet to the kingdom of Israel. So he's addressing people of Israel, but it's not just for them. Actually, your answer that you gave is an excellent answer. It is for God's people at this time. This is uh, one of many statements you can find if you go to the Spirit of Prophecy and do a little research on Isaiah 58. One of many statements that Mrs. White uh, made on this chapter. She said the whole chapter of Isaiah 58 is applicable to those who are living in this period of earth's history. Consider this chapter attentively. It will be fulfilled. And I believe it's being fulfilled uh, in, uh, in lots of places right now. Um, I won't read you this whole statement because there's a bunch of stuff I want to share with you. Uh, but interestingly, who's the church of Laodicea? Who do you think of when you hear, oh, to the, the church of Laodicea? Who do you think of? That's us, right? Uh, and... Uh, and 1852, Sister White made a statement in Review and Herald. Maybe this isn't the oldest one, but she said that the, the description of the Church of Laodicea uh, uh, fits their present condition perfectly, referring to Seventh-day Adventists. And, uh, and so, um, so Laodicea, you think Seventh-day Adventist Church, God's remnant people. Um, so, okay, so this is, uh, if you want to look this up, it's an interesting read. Uh, this is a general conference bulletin from June 6, 1909, so late in Sister White's ministry. And, uh, and so I, I didn't include the whole, the whole passage, but I wanted to include portions of paragraph 3 and 4 because portions of uh, paragraph 3 and 4 are, are basically word for word uh, the message to the angel of the church of Laodicea. Okay, so uh, like in paragraph 3, the first uh, paragraph that you see on the screen there says, under the church of the angel of Laodiceans write, you know, these things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, and so forth. And so she's saying, you know, you're not, you're not hot or cold. I wish you were hot or cold. The very next paragraph says, you need to, you know, I counsel you to buy of me eye salve that you may see, and, and you know, gold tried in the fire, you know, character and so forth. So this is, this is the message to Laodicea, right? The very next paragraph says the following. Let none think that their understanding of the scriptures, sorry, let none think that their understanding of the scriptures, their knowledge of the truth for this time will suffice to save them. Let none take the position before God that was taken by the people spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, who offered to God only outward service. And then she begins to quote from Isaiah chapter 58. So it's an interesting study. Study the first uh, several verses of Isaiah 58 kind of side by side as a sister passage to the message uh, to the church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. So again, Isaiah 58 applies to, you know, the church of Laodicea. So let's get into it. 
Isaiah was, was instructed to cry aloud and spare not and to lift up his voice like a trumpet and to show my people their sins, right? To show uh, Jacob their sins and their transgressions and so forth. And notice this specifically this message uh, is delivered to those who seek God daily. It says in verse 2, and delight, and, and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. So this is to a people that are keeping God's ordinances, right? It's, these would be commandment-keeping people you could think of this as being uh, addressed to. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not. See, they're, the people are recognizing there's some kind of a problem here, though. We, we're keeping your ordinances. You know, we're, we know your, your ways, your truth, and so forth in verse 2. And we, we're even fasting. You know, they might say we've fasted twice a week. They're, maybe they're tithing, mint and ruin, coming. But God is not noticing. Thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? You haven't even noticed, God, how good we are. It's like they're saying. And uh, in, in verse 3, the second half, it says, uh, Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure, and exact all your labors. So, there's something missing. They have this outward experience, this outward kind of show. They're fasting and they have an outward correctness. But it says uh, in Review and Herald in uh, October 13, 1891, the house of Jacob, at the time this warning was given to Isaiah, appeared to be a very zealous people, seeking God daily and delighting to know his ways. But in reality, they were filled with presumptuous self-confidence. Goodness, mercy, and love were not practiced. Drop down a sentence or two. It says, at the very time when they were showing such outward humiliation, they would exact hard labor from those under them or in their employee. So, so they're, they're kind of saying, you know, you know, we're doing all this stuff for God. You know, we're doing everything God asks us to do. Yet, you know, behind closed doors, they might have somebody that worked for them and they were mean to them. And like maybe they were, you know, cutting their wages back to where they were barely, you know, paying them something. They were... They were demanding hard labor. They, they weren't softened in their hearts, in other words. There was a heart change that was missing. Condition of God's people. Uh, I'll just read the underlined portion here. This is from uh, manuscript 48, 1900. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice heard on high. These fasts and lamenting retain... Sorry... These fasts are only outward show, mere pretense, a mockery of humility. These worshipers, while mourning and lamenting, retain their objectionable traits of character. Their hearts are not humbled, nor cleansed from spiritual defilement. They have not received the softening showers of the grace of God. They are destitute of the Holy Spirit, destitute of the sweetness of the heavenly influence. So they have an, an outward correctness. They, they, they go to church on the right day, you might say. They... They even uh, dress the right way, perhaps, and they, you know, and they, and they're not breaking any of God's commandments, but their hearts are hard. They're 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 unkind to people that are working for them, and 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 they're destitute of the sweet influence of the Holy Spirit. So, certainly, God has a solution. Amen. He's not going to leave them in that condition. I hope. All right. So we kind of just read over this. Um, this is interesting. I'll just read the last sentence here. Um, again, she's talking about Isaiah 58, commentary. This is in letter 76, 1902. God bestowed his goods on these people that had all these characteristics that they might be his helping hand, doing what Christ would do were he in their place, giving a true representation of the principles of heaven. God had a different idea of what he wanted them to do, of how he wanted to be represented by these people. So 
uh, if we it's a read on through Isaiah 58, getting to verses 6 and 7, God gives them a different kind of fast that he wants them to take, play, take part in. Not this outward kind of show of righteousness. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? Now notice what God wants them to do. God wants them to fast to accomplish the following things. To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out into thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, when thou, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. You see people that are suffering, your own brothers and sisters, and, and yet you kind of look the other way because you've got a, you know, a, a church program to get to. No, God wants them to, to, to loose the bands of wickedness. People that are, that are just caught up in slavery to sin, God wants us to, to help set them free and to feed those that are hungry, to clothe those that are naked. This is the solution to the outward, the outward righteousness, but the inward hardness of heart that was described in the first five verses. That's interesting. So uh, when we meet those conditions, when we break the bonds of wickedness, when we lift the yoke from off of people, when we deal our bread to those that are hungry and, and clothe those that are, that are naked, notice what the promise is. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. Now, if you read, uh, there's a statement that, that uh, Leela came across in her study uh, that I'm borrowing here. But Sister White, when she comments on this, uh, this statement, thy health shall spring forth speedily. And this is a, uh, a good, um, good ministry to apply this to because sometimes the work is very tiring and sometimes the, the day starts earlier or the night continues long and you feel like I can't keep this kind of work up. But then shall thine health spring forth speedily. It's actually talking about endurance to keep going and to keep uh, helping people and to keep serving uh, Christ. Thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be your re-reward. Re in, in, uh, in other translations, as uh, Pastor McIntosh is going to expound uh, so wonderfully for us on Sabbath, uh, it'll be a rear guard. It'll be our protection. The Sabbath is going to... Um, and, and uh, this kind of work, I should say, is going to be uh, the protection for God's people, I believe. And you'll hear about that on Sabbath if you go to uh, Pastor McIntosh's talk. Then it says, how many of you want your prayers answered? How many of you want God to answer before you call? It says in verse 9 of Isaiah 58, Then thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. Not because we had some sort of outward you know, show of righteousness or some fast or some, some uh, outward correctness that we put on, but because our heart has been softened, we've come to know Christ by using his methods. We've come into sympathy with him by using the same sort of techniques that Christ used when he was here. So uh, God wants us to, to take away from the midst of them their yoke and to put away the, the pointing finger, which is interesting, and from speaking vanity. Um, what does it mean to take away the yoke of bondage or to have a, put a yoke of bondage on somebody? Anybody have a good uh, translation for a yoke of bondage? Anything? Um, sure, sure. That's, that, that certainly is a yoke of bondage. Or, or, sure. This is, I found some interesting statements um, in the spirit of prophecy uh, of what it meant to put a, a yoke of bondage on, on a person. 
and uh, spiritually speaking, uh, to place a yoke around uh, the neck of another is to bind them in such a way, she says, that they're not free to look to him and to be led and guided by him. In other words, to give someone the impression that they need to come to, to you or to, the, or to a priest or to a pastor for salvation when they can go directly to God, which is interesting. Um, there are whole religions built around uh, requiring people to go uh, you know, to a priest or to a religious figure when we can go directly to Christ who can save us. God wants, God wants to make you a partaker in the divine nature. He wants no yoke of human authority on your neck, but that you should look to him who is able to save to the othermost everyone that is able to come to him in righteousness and truth. So teaching people that they can go directly to their heavenly father for salvation. Reading on in Isaiah 58, this beautiful chapter on medical ministry work. It says in verse 10, If thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters fail not. That last verse, verse 11, I think it just seems to be describing God's going to take care of all your needs. You know what I mean? God's going to, going to give us the needs for water. God's going to give us the nutrition we need and so forth. But in verse 10, it says, Then shall thy light rise in obscurity. And in the couple of verses before, it said, Your light will break forth as the morning. Um, do you guys remember singing the song, This Little Light of Mine? Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. That's our gospel witness, right? This is talking about your gospel witness is going to rise in obscurity. Your darkness will be as the noonday. You, the, your darkest light, if you will, is going to be as bright as the noonday. That's, that's how your gospel is going to shine out to the world around you if you're doing the kinds of things that are described in Isaiah 58. It's a promise. If you're doing this work and you're combining it with the gospel, it's going to be like the brightest light you ever shown you know, to the people around you as far as the gospel goes. Now, before I, we look at the next couple of verses... Um, a little side here, side note. Uh, the, has God given his people a wall of protection? What is the wall of protection that God puts around his people? Anybody know? In, uh, in Job chapter 1, Satan had an argument with God, right? Satan comes uh, and he says he goes basically to, with all the sons of God. He kind of comes, as, comes to heaven as representative of planet Earth. And this is, uh, this is a great chapter for sharing the, the concept of the great controversy with someone because Satan, who Jesus called the prince of this world, right? Satan comes to heaven with all the representatives from around the universe. And they're all coming. Maybe you know, somebody came from planet who knows what and somebody came from this region of the universe over here. But Satan came representing Earth. That's no good. But, uh, but that was the case because Adam had forfeited his rulership of the planet. So Satan comes. God says, you know, where are you coming from? And Satan says, well, you know, my planet, walking to and fro on my planet Earth. And then, you know, of course, God says, you know, have you considered my servant Job? Well, Satan says this to God. Well, okay, fine. He follows you, but you've put a hedge of protection around him. You've built a wall around him. But it's because of his obedience, right? Job kept the law of God. And because of that, God put a hedge of protection around him. Are you with me? 
Okay, um, look at Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 13. It gets conveniently on your screen. It says, Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach, ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly in an incident. instant. So God's wall of protection around us is his commandments. It's obedience to his commandments that brings a wall of protection for us. And when we have iniquity in our hearts, it's like a hole in our wall. Are you with me? Okay, so that's the kind of the setting of when Isaiah gets to this next, uh, next portion of the passage. So in verse 12, Isaiah continues, it says, They that shall be of thee, those that are doing the medical missionary work, those that are, are you know, dealing their bread to the hungry, those that are clothing the naked, those that are taking care of the widow and the fatherless and you know, those less fortunate or so on and so on. Those that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach. Thou shalt be called the restorer of paths to dwell in. What's, what is the breach in the wall of God's law today? It's the Sabbath, right? If you go to a church, any church down the street, you know, are they preaching that we should be stealing? No. Are they saying that we should be telling lies? Are they encouraging their parishioners to covet their neighbor's stuff? No. But there's a, there's a big breach everywhere, and it's in the Sabbath, of course. It's a hole in that law, in that, in that wall of protection. And just like when the people came out of captivity in Babylon, and they came back to Jerusalem, and they rebuilt the wall around the city, that's symbolic of lifting up God's law. And so... So we have the opportunity who are doing this work as a people to restore that breach. Well, what does, what does, can anyone tell me what does doing this kind of medical ministry work have to do with the Sabbath? Is there any obvious connection there? Something to think about. Anyway, um, this is a statement by Sister White, Manuscript 48, 1900. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. This is the people that are repairing the breach in the law of God. They see that the Sabbath of the fourth commandment has been supplanted by a spurious Sabbath, a day that has no sanction in the word of God. Amid great opposition, they become loyal to their God and take their position under the standard of the third angel. So if you want an interesting study, Pastor McIntosh is going to be talking about the connection between this kind of work and the uplifting of Sabbath, and that will take place appropriately on Sabbath. Now, um, you've heard the statement, the, uh, the medical missionary work is the what of the gospel? It's the right arm, right? So we've got to get to that part. So <clears throat> nothing prepares the soil uh, for receiving the gospel like medical missionary work. Um, so the health reform is as closely related to the third angel's message as the arm to the body, but the arm cannot take the place of the body. Is the health message the gospel? It's not, is it? But it is connected to the gospel, and it prepares the, the, the soul to receive the gospel. The arm cannot take the place of the body. The proclamation of the third angel's message, the commandments of God, and the testimony of Jesus is the great burden of our work. The message is to be proclaimed with a loud cry and is to go to the whole world. The presentation of the health principles must be united with this message, but not, must not, be, in any case, be independent of it. You can't separate the two. You have to have both together. 
Several have written to me inquiring if the message of justification by faith is the third angel's message, and I have answered, it is the third angel's message in verity. So, the message of justification by faith, the, the true gospel, combined with the health work, cannot be separated. So, this is how the Sabbath is lifted up by this kind of work. This is sort of a, a, a preview, uh, without stealing the thunder thereof. Um, in verse 13, it promises that as we're doing this kind of work, this taking care of those that, it, that, that need clothing, those that need food, those that need health care but can't get it, it says, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, holy to the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. So that's, that raises a question. Let me ask you a question. If I'm doing something um, to make myself look good or to uh, enrich myself financially, uh, who am I honoring? Myself, okay. Um, if I'm only willing to do something for God, something um, to serve other people, let's just say, but I'm only willing to do that on a day when I otherwise won't be able to enrich myself financially, let's just say, for example, who am I honoring? Myself. Myself. God shows us where we should place our treasures. As we follow in the path of self-denial and self-sacrifice, helping the needy and suffering, we shall lay up treasures before the throne of God. Now, this is an interesting idea. This uh, coming back to calling the Sabbath a delight, uh, holy to the Lord, honorable, and turning our foot away from the Sabbath and so forth, which is like it's talking about in Isaiah 58. Um, Sabbath-keeping. Is Sabbath-keeping just something that we do from Friday night sundown until Saturday night sundown? This is an interesting statement. All through the week, we are to have the Sabbath in mind and be making preparation to keep it according to the commandment. So all through the week. We're not merely to observe the Sabbath as a legal matter. We are to understand its spiritual bearing upon all the transactions of life. All who regard the Sabbath as a sign between them and God, showing that he is the God who sanctifies them, will represent the principles of his government. They will bring into daily practice the laws of his kingdom. Daily it will be their prayer that the sanctification of the Sabbath may rest upon them. Every day they will have the companionship of Christ and will exemplify the perfection of his character. Every day their light will shine forth to others in good works. It's interesting. It's not just a, a once a week thing, you know, from Friday night sundown till Sabbath sundown. If we keep the Sabbath like this, what, what did it say would be the effect on our character? Sanctification. It kind of goes along with what those people needed in those first few verses of Isaiah 58. They needed uh, an inward change. Um, when will our light shine forth in good works? Remember where, which days? Every day their light will shine forth to others in good works. So if, we, if we're keeping the Sabbath like this, that's kind of the condition uh, found in, in verse 13. Then it says in verse 14, Thou shalt delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and I will feed thee with the heritage of thy father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So very, very interesting study on uh, in Isaiah 58 on the medical missionary work and its relation to the gospel, its relation to the change of the heart of the person doing it. 
uh, and also the uplifting of the Sabbath, which we'll hear more about on Sabbath. Um, this is interesting. Uh, in Isaiah 58, we found the verse that says um, that people doing this kind of work will be called restorers of paths to dwell in. Something interesting that we noticed on the more practical side in San Antonio was that um, when Pathway to Health took place, that there were um, several churches in the valley that reported that that former Seventh-day Adventists had come back to church who had not been to church in years because of what they saw in Pathway to Health. And that's interesting because, you know, if you see that your church is out there doing something amazing, doing something that Jesus was doing, and it has such an amazing impact on the city, I think you've uh, in other talks, we've heard about the impact on the city, impact on the government, and so forth. Um, you see that taking place. It kind of makes you proud to be an Adventist. You know what I mean? Um, you guys ever gone call portering, gone door to door? Um, when you've been at somebody's door, you don't have to answer out loud. I'll, I'll, I will. Um, and they, so that you knock on the door, and they open the door, and you say, Hi, I mean, hey, we're going out door to door. And then, let's say they interrupt you, and they say, who are you with? What church are you guys with? Right? You ever been tempted to say, oh, we're Christians, or we're... And I don't, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with... And maybe I'm saying something wrong here, but, um, you know, we don't necessarily just run up to people and say, hey, I'm Seventh-day Adventist. Can I tell you what I believe? Sometimes we, we try to get them to see what a good thing it is, especially if they're prejudiced against that. At a Pathway to Health event you'd never be prouder than to wear a giant button that says, I am a Seventh-day Adventist. They just love you. They, they say, oh, you're one of those, these people doing this for me, and they're so excited. I'll, I'll give you a, a story in. Um, at, uh, at one of the events um, where we did a Pathway of Health event, uh, one of the volunteers used the restroom, and she came out and she had this story. She said that there was a patient who had uh, been there, had some sort of procedure done, and she was in the restroom on her cell phone, uh, in a stall with the door shut and was talking to her daughter, apparently, in Spanish and uh, said, um, and she said, Los Adventistas. What do you think that means? Those Adventists. She said, Los Adventistas seven times as she was talking on the phone. Los Adventistas. And then she excitedly talked about this thing, lump on her back that had been removed or whatever. Seven times she, she exclaimed loudly, Los Adventistas, Los Adventistas, because she was so excited about those Adventists who are doing this for her, it, it, will, it will make you very excited to be a Seventh-day Adventist. Um, what, what other kind of impact uh, do we see in, in patients? The way that Pathway to Health is structured is uh, when a person comes in the door, they register, and then they go through something called triage, where their, whatever their biggest need is determined. And they, they may have already chosen that outside by getting in the dental line or the eye care line, um, but maybe they came to the medical line and, and maybe they have more than one need, you know, let's say. Um, so, uh, they go through triage and then they're, they get a band on their wrist which shows they can go to eye care or they can go to get a massage and then get a haircut or, or, or whatever it is. And then they're escorted different places, which is another great job to do as a volunteer as a big part of hospitality services, which uh, is responsible for escorting people throughout the event. We don't just let people wander. But it's a great opportunity to, to talk to people and find out, you know, just kind of introduce yourself to them and, and just be friendly with them. It's just a great time to be friends with, with these people. And, and it's the hospitality department, which is kind of the early ambassadors for Christ with these people as they go from place to place while they're waiting to get their care. And so 
Um, so by the time they get done get, getting their eyes checked or seeing the doctor, they might get an echocardiogram, look at their heart and see a gastroenterologist or whatever it is they came for. Once they're done with the medical side, they may have gotten a haircut or a massage or whatever. Uh, eventually they end up at, at uh, Lifestyle. Am I gonna steal your stories if I talk about this? <laughs> so, um, so I'll just say one person in Spokane uh, in the lifestyle department had six people come up to him in the lifestyle department after they're getting through all the other departments and say things like, how do I, how do I become part of this church? You know, how do, I, how do I join this church? What do you guys believe anyway? And, and asking things like, basically, you know, make me one of you because they were so touched by all these people throughout the event who are all Seventh-day Adventists, whether they were walking them here or there or just giving them instructions or they fed them a meal at lunchtime or whatever it was, they were so impacted that they, were, they just wanted to become part of whatever this group of people was. And, and well, what do I need to believe to get baptized? You know, that kind of thing. So pretty exciting. You know, and, and this question, you need to have an answer ready because they'll, say, they'll ask you always, why are you doing this? And you just need to have a good answer ready to say, well, you know, this is what Jesus did when he was on earth. He went about, you know, doing good for people and, and healing them. And we want to do what he did. And so have, an, have that answer ready because they will ask you. Um, what else? Oh, I think I'm going to steal your story if I tell that one. Um, okay, let me just talk briefly about follow-up and, uh, and then maybe we'll have time for a question or answer or two. Um, after the event... Um, just some more practical nuts and bolts on how to continue the influence and the impact uh, on the patients. I'll just talk about uh, what's going to happen in Los Angeles, for example, and, and something similar happened in San Antonio uh, and in Spokane. So after the event is over, and kind of throughout the event um, at different places, patients are encouraged to come and learn more about how to improve their health. They're encouraged to come to the local health information centers, which are Seventh-day Adventist churches. And so they're invited to come to a local Seventh-day Adventist church where they can go through a, a depression recovery course or a diabetes undone course if they have diabetes or, or you know, a, some other sort of lifestyle course that talks about the eight laws of health and so forth or a, or a, a cooking school, um, another popular course. So um, they're encouraged to come to these different courses and then kind of as part of their um, going out of lifestyle and chaplaincy services, they choose a location of where they want to um, get their lab results, or they want to pick up their glasses, uh, or get their biopsy results if they had some sort of surgical biopsy and so forth. So you connect them to the local church because, you know, Pathway to Health, you know, that event is going to come and go, but the churches are going to stay there, right? So then they're invited to come to a local church uh, and attend a course. So the, so, there's, um, so the churches are prepared to offer these courses in advance, and once they offer a course for several weeks, it might be four weeks, it might be six weeks, uh, then they also invite them to uh, some sort of a Bible study course, like a prophecy series or, uh, or whatever. And, or sometimes there's a transitional course going through uh, the topics of, the, of Daniel, especially uh, Daniel chapter 1, transitioning them from a lifestyle course to the gospel. So um, that's kind of a practical uh, kind of continuation of the Isaiah 58 effect. Um, in, uh, in Los Angeles, there's going to be two weeks of a bridge course um, based on the book of Daniel, and then uh, four weeks of evangelism and a gospel evangelistic series, a share hymn series, or a DVD, New Beginnings, or so forth. There's different things churches can do. Um, so 
uh, I'll, I'll conclude here and I'll just say, um, do you want the blessings of Isaiah 58? Those ones that we read about, your light breaking forth as the morning, sharing your gospel like the brightness of the noonday, um, you know, your health springing forth speedily. Do you want that in your hometown? And do you want that in your church? And do you want that effect in your own life? You know, maybe you have a, um, an outward knowledge of the Word of God, um, but you're looking for the, the influence of the Holy Spirit in your own heart. Um, I heard someone uh, read a quote. I think it was maybe Taj uh, Pakleb this morning. Um, if you, maybe it wasn't him, but, but it was somebody like that. Um, and they, I thought it was just perfect for this. It basically, that God has designed things in such a way as if you want to overcome the sins in your own heart, you want to have corrections to your own character flaws, then you'll get that by working for others. And this is, a, um, I think, the most effective way to work for others. Uh, so I'll close with that. Questions? Let me close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we've studied uh, several things. We've studied the chapter uh, from the 58th chapter of Isaiah, and um, we want those uh, changes that took place uh, in, in your people back then and can take place in your people now. We want to go from people that have an outward correctness, uh, people that are maybe fasting so they can win some debate or, or look correct or to look righteous uh, and so forth. Um, maybe like the Jews of old who would uh, stand and make long prayers for pretense. But we want to be like the people that have you living in their heart. That, that is like a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And so we want to put these principles into practice. We want to know how we can more effectively share the gospel of the third angel with people as we combine it with the medical ministry work. So help us to know how to do that on a large scale, but also on a, large, on a, on a small scale in our, in our church, uh, in our home, uh, and in our personal life as we interact with other people. Thank you for the truths that you've uh, revealed to us uh, during this hour. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2015 conference called Chosen Faithful in Louisville, Kentucky. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.